I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined tonight by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you doing? Marvellous. Good, good, good. That's the pleasantries out of the way. Um, two you know, PJ Tour and DP World Tour, big finishes yesterday. Um, How Tom Lee and Thomas Peters went to a playoff. How Tom Lee lit out kind of like a war cry uh, when he won. Um and I thought House on Lee, I mean, I don't know how you saw it, mate, but like, I only saw the bat nine on Sunday, and um, I think that's probably all you needed to see in, in, in that event in the end, because Houghton kind of led the way for the most part, and um, it it felt like we got the Houghton Lee that hasn't won for four years, and a little bit of the Houghton Lee that took down Roy McIlroy not so long, well, four years ago to the time, so it felt like we saw everything of Houghton Lee and all the experiences you get with that yesterday. Yeah, I think you're doing a little disservice I think there were four tournaments that are worth well, talking about yeah anyway can do. but anyway um, I saw, uh, yeah look, you know he was clear wasn't he It's uh, it was quite interesting he was clear Xander was clear over the other side uh, Inji Chum was clear over over in uh, on, the, on the Lazy Major yep. and uh, there's another one to talk about as well um, look Lee had it in his hands he was uh, look you need a bit of luck he was he was patting and chipping the lights out for most of the week, um, which is what he did when he was going through that little spell when we all thought he was going to be potentially off the PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, and he did it again on Sunday. You know, he was lucky at 16. He was lucky on was it 16? Yeah, it was 16. Um, and he was lucky at 18. Um, and, and to be honest, Peters must have thought he had his birdie putt for the for the tournament. Yeah. Um, and then he, he you know. Lee knocks it in from whatever that was, 47 feet or whatever it was. And that's, that's clearly put Thomas Peters off. Not that you could tell. Um, as you say, he, he went off on one when he eventually won, which is great because apparently he was going to give up the game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, still don't think it stops you shaking the opponent's hand. But, you well, know, he, he, he did though, didn't he? But it was kind of like, a, like he Peters off. had to go out of his way to make sure it got done type thing. Um, was, I mean, look, he was off on one. He, 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 he yeah. hit cloud nine. He was off on one. Can't blame him. Um, I assume he, he made it right. Oh yeah, I'm, look, it wasn't done on any. No, um, it wasn't done. Uh, you know, with any um, malice. Malice, yeah. Um, it was just done because he just lost his head. I mean, he was under pressure. Yeah. He must have thought he'd won it, basically. You know, you, surely when you have a, a decent lead. Um, okay, it's different, but you, you know, he. he he knew if he'd carried on playing the way he was, um, that no one should get anywhere near him. And the pressure he must have felt, uh, and especially after that chip on 18, which was shite. Yeah. Um, you were allowed to swear because how time Lee swore in the interview. So <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, what can you do? Well, he's, he's great. I know somebody that's been backing him virtually every week this year and didn't this week. Mm. Uh, so he's not very happy. Um, Fair play to him, you know. He's, a, he's, a, he's, you know, he's a bit of, he's a bit, of, he's got a bit of personality, isn't he? He's a bit of fresh air and, uh, yeah, great. You know, well done. Well, look, he had he had a three shot lead going into the final round, didn't he? Ahead of Peters, he was four shot ahead of Jordan Smith, which is probably plenty enough for the way that Jordan Smith played in the final round. But like, 
He, yeah, I, I, it was good to see him, you know, get back in the winner's circle. It, it seems mad that it was four years ago that we were kind of looking to him to be a, a really big player. He had that kind of fiasco at the PGA, didn't he, where, um, you know, they, they just kept talking about how long he spent on the range and, and that went back and forth. Um, but, yeah, no, it was good to see him win. Uh, some disappointing Sunday performances from, from a couple of bigger name players, but, you know, that that's to be expected sometimes, and especially on the, the DP World Tour. Um We'll go quickly on to the Travellers and then, and then we'll go into you know, oh, women's PGA yeah, and the brilliant. seniors. But, um, oh, yeah. oh, it was brilliant, Tom. It was. Travellers, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Did you... Did it feel really important to you that Xander won that event? He was freaking annoying, wasn't he? Mm. Uh, not as annoying as Podrick Arrington with his 47 <laughs> practice swings before every shot. It, he really is becoming very uh, sort of annoying. Uh, yeah. Very, very deliberate now, isn't it? as if, he, as if, like, you know, he's he's really putting pressure on himself, isn't he? Yeah. Um, or so it appears. Um, it certainly doesn't look like he's enjoying it. Um, is, it was important for him to win. Um, he won't. Well, he wouldn't know what Bigal had done, but um, he has to think to himself that you know, I mean, what was his lead? Six at one point, wasn't it? Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. The weekend. Uh, I mean, he's not done anything wrong, has he? You know. Um, but he shouldn't have won. Bigala should have won. Yeah. Um, somebody should have taken, you know, just spoken to him and said, look, mate, you're, you can hit the thing massive. Just take an iron out, get it on the fairway. Don't go anywhere near the bunker. Even if you're short, Fa- get Fa- on it. Faldo was get doing his lid about it, wasn't he? Sorry? Faldo was doing his absolute lid about that, wasn't he? Yeah, just, you know, just make your, make your par. You know, it doesn't matter. That's all you need to do. And it was a crackers thing to do. And then even then, when he was up against the lip, you can't do or die. Not when it's you trying to win your first tournament. Yeah. He's got to come out. He's got to give himself a chance to get up there, knowing that even if he bogeys, he's probably in a playoff. Yeah. Um, he's going to got to make Xander. So, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's his mate on a bag, isn't it? Um, although he seemed to listen to every single word he was saying, it's, it was really weird because he, he comes across really confident. And when he gets on with it, he gets on with it. But everything, it was was asking his well it wasn't asking but he was he was taking the advice of his mate who was I think his college mate isn't he yeah um, and right yeah it was very very weird but I, I agree you know, he's, he's he, I mean did we put him up I think Brad put him up or whatever uh, we, we said he was going to do something well I, saw, I, I put him I, I said that he was in the thoughts because of the Phoenix link and that kind of showed That's itself huge. at then didn't it with Chauvelet oh. and Mitchell yeah. and Reeve yeah. Cantlay yes. to a point um, Webb so Scheffler, it definitely, it definitely did pay off. But um, and that kind of made sense that he, he was up there and you know it, it like when he had that when he made that part or the, the you know towards the end it literally looked like Xander was gonna you know just break down and then all of a sudden he does what he does in the bunker and Xander's back in the driving seat again. You know sometimes it feels like, I guess it's the rub of the green like Xander needed an opportunity where he could take advantage of someone else breaking down as opposed to the other way around and yeah. he they birdied really nicely towards the end which you obviously yeah, like yeah. to see from a winner yeah. um Cantlay was awful wasn't he yeah and that's what didn't happen third time this happen. season for him yeah but it just didn't happen i mean you know you can't you know can't have a go at him what he's done but i mean it, you know it's a place he likes and uh yeah he was just crap but what mm-hmm. can you do that was, um, what was it though? It was like nine bogeys and a double on the day. Yeah, he, he wasn't great, but then we can talk about Rory. 
Well, Rory was poor from from Friday onwards, wasn't he? So that, that, that's most bizarre. But, but with him, it feels like fatigue. Whereas with Cantlay, it feels like there's a bit of a problem this season. I think. Okay. Fair enough. Which we'll see. Um, women's PGA. Lexi yeah, had some it, had some problems yeah. again. Well, you say that, but then you had Inji Chung clear yeah. overnight. Everyone's going on about how how Lexi choked it. Yeah, she did. Unquestionable. Um, but she shouldn't have, again. She shouldn't have got anywhere near the lead. No. Inji Chung was clear, and she was playing absolute shocking. I mean, she's a major winner. That's what I think. Twice major winner, anyway. Um, it was it was multiple winner. It was that was shocking, and uh, she let Lexi Thompson in two shot lead. Going down 15, 16, and Lexi Thompson did what Lexi Thompson does, and then make it worse. She got fined two thousand for slow play yeah. after the event, which just what you need. You know, she's uh, yeah. There's been, been a lot on Twitter about it. Um, she didn't face the media after the event. Quite right, really. Um, you know, it's, it, that must be hard. That must be difficult. So, um, you know, it's not as if she, she's done it before. She's done it at the U.S. Open when she was five clear. Uh, last year, yeah, uh, um, she's done it again. The Pelican, when she had two chances to win, and she was in France, got beaten a playoff. I think she's lost basically every playoff that she's been in. Um, yeah, it was a, it was it was a shame, but yeah, you know, it's it's. But like to it's your not, point, like you say, she shouldn't have even had the opportunity to choke it away because Inji Chan should have sort of really just sealed the deal by then. I, I, w- I would have thought so, but I mean, things happen, don't they? You know, yeah. you play fifty-four holes well, not guaranteed that you're going to play eighteen well. And like I say, that was very similar to, you know, how Tang Lee would have got beat. Yeah. It was very, very similar. Um, but they yeah, both managed somehow to come back back to it and uh, both won. Uh, you're right Zander, as well. Oh, no. it's the same. How Tang Lee, Inji Chun, uh, Xander, you know, they all had good leads. Yeah. And in the end, it's been, you know, nerve-wracking. All right, they've won in the end, but it's, the, you know, it should have been a lot easier than that. Yeah. No, uh, that, you know, it is, you know, and the same... Um, to your point as well, Lexi Thompson is over for four in a in a LPGA playoff record, yeah. so um, you are right every single one. And um, again, like Podrick Harrington, he had a five shot lead ah. going into Sunday. Um, was clear of basically everyone else except for a resurgent Steve Stricker that finishes with four birdies in his last was it eight holes? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, well Stricker's yeah, a patting machine, isn't he? He's yeah. won this John Deere, isn't he, hundred times? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, fair play. You know, Pod did what he did, but that that four hundred wins before. Oh, I ain't watching that. Well, I mean, it, he he's the definition of getting in your own head, isn't he? He he likes uh he likes to think about things probably a little bit too much. But uh, yeah, it was, yeah. But the thing is, I, I get it if you're in the rough or something. Yeah, hmm. I get it because you're trying to get a feel of the grass and blah blah blah. But he's doing it in the middle of the fairway. It's like absolutely just dull. He doesn't care. He's not bothered with any. No, he definitely doesn't care at this point of his career, does he? But um, it's just I won't be watching him again. No, seems fair enough. Um, he won't care, but I'm just that's yeah, yeah, just just in case you're listening, Podrick, Jason won't um, be watching you again. And the the other one I think is worth talking about is uh, Pearson Cooney, who yeah, um, really impressive, wasn't it? Was it is it the well, fourth event since he's he's left college? Or yeah, but it's only uh, two days after it was. It was uh, revealed that he turned down thousands of millions and billions of pounds to go on the live tour. Hmm. So I thought that was, that was brilliant. But what timing, um, you know? So he is on the PGA tour more or less, I would think, uh, next year. 
and uh, that's what he said that's why he turned down live and uh, there he is so that's brilliant I mean he is obviously I mean it's brilliant because you had Figala who should have really won I think last yesterday um, who was obviously star amateur and now you've got um, Cody so yeah golf isn't you know with the live interfering it's it's made no difference golf is still flying they, they were all fantastic tournaments to watch yeah well he he is the player that they're going for isn't he Pearson Cooter he like you said there he's obviously turned down the money but he is the type of player that you know they are trying to get it's been announced today they've got Eugenio Chachara um, alongside Carlos Ortiz and who was the other one in that three man edition it'll come, back to, it'll come back to me in a minute but but he, you know, Eugenio Chichara was part of that. Um, uh, Matthew Wolf was the other one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Matt Wolf. But yeah, it, it just, it was, what, his, I think it was his third professional start for Cudi. Um And he shot off 66 in the final round. And I think he was, you know, better than that. Uh, you know, first nine, I think he made five birdies in an eagle or something like that. And he only made a couple of bogeys on the back nine. So he was really, really impressive. Um, shot that 62 on the Friday five clear of everybody and you know there's some decent decent pros in that top 10 and that leaderboard and one of them will actually come on to a bit later in this podcast so um all in all really good week um again great for the game of golf to see all these kind of storylines come off and you know maybe there's going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a come down this week as well on the pj tour side of things as well who knows who knows well, it could be really exciting couldn't it but uh looking could at the be field and... might win by twit is he playing is he pulled out yet uh, no he's playing but you know he, he could be the, he could be the next one, couldn't he? Um, we've, we've oh, lost... he could, yeah, yeah. He'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was live, I'd I'd be offered him millions. Well, I'm not. So <laughs> Let, let's go into the Irish Open first. Uh, this is an event that is not being played on the links course again. It comes back to this Parkland track that we played uh, last year, and I actually quite like Mount Juliet. I think it was a you know an impressive course to see. I don't necessarily mind the fact that it's not. A links test as such. We, I can't remember if we talked about it. I don't, I don't know if we did, but I definitely covered it on the the Mary show last year about the Crown Cerciere link, which has really kind of paid off in the end. Herbert was eighth in Crowns before winning here. Kohlberg was second here last year and ninth at Crowns. Bland was fourth here last year, fifth at Crowns. Uh, Richie Ramsey, one of our just sort of favourites, he was fourth here last year. He's a winner at Crowns. Crocker ninth here, fourth at Crowns. Beef Johnson, ninth here, third at Crowns, and Matthew Jordan, fourth at Crowns, 12th here. So it really did kind of pay off. And I think we also said that Galgon Castle wouldn't be too different, and there was some crossover there. So I, I, I'm quite looking forward to this event in terms of uh, DP World Tour schedules. Um, it's not a links course, but my God, it's uh, it's got huge links connotations on the result last year. Mm. You know, uh, one for Martin, if he's probably listening anymore. Um, plenty of Portugal <laughs> form comes up, and that is always 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 linked to Qatar and, and any links yep. um, obviously you know uh, Luke Herbert up front has got Sicily form which you can you can relate back which we'll go through later Portugal Scottish Open uh, Dubai uh, you go back uh, Carlberg's you know, Wentworth is quite interesting <laughs> there's Portugal Scottish environments form there's uh, BMW International and links in obviously bland done flying over the last couple of years anyway yeah. Laporte has got Portugal, Sicily and Wentworth Ramsey as you say has got the Crans and the Lynx form um, and there's also um, hangover from the BMW International with uh, Ricard Carlberg and Richard Bland at least Yeah. so um, for me I think it's the result will be a lot more linksy than the, the, it's whether you look at the result or whether you look at the course Yeah. and whilst it doesn't make sense 
I've gone well, my best bet is without doubt Link's player. Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, like the, the guys that I've kind of gone with can translate to both and you know, that wasn't necessarily purposeful, but it's kind of helpful that they can. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the top of the market, was there anyone that, let's say, let's go, so the market is Shane Larry 9-1, to Seamus Power 16-1, to Tyrrell Hatton, Thomas Peters 18, Ryan Fox 22, Jordan Smith 25, and Aaron Rye 30. Was there any of those that sort of caught your eye? I'm surprised Power was that short. Yeah. I've got, I got to be honest. Um, Are you surprised by, do you think Larry's a bit short or no? I don't know what what you can make him yeah. really. I couldn't possibly back him. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he's, he's yeah. I think I feel the same head, way. He's head and shoulders, isn't he? On his, yeah. on his best fault. But um, yeah, I, I'd have. I mean, it's. I think it's six to one either Larry or Power win. Um. Yeah. Ten and six. Yes. Uh, biggest of six of six to one. I I I'd happy take the field. Yeah. Ones with you. Yeah. I I think Larry is short. Um. I think you could do that. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because he's going to be there, isn't he? Or you'd think he'd be there. Um, he's back home, but it isn't. He's. You'd feel probably better about him if it was on one of those real traditional Irish links, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Powered, like, I think, I think he was disappointing Sunday, even maybe Saturday at Travellers. He's played a lot of golf, like, it's been a big season for him. So you can see why he's short, but by the same token, like Ryan Fox is playing really well. Peter's has obviously just come off a playoff uh, and you know a win earlier in the season. The one that you know Sky kind of spoke about on our show and was Aaron Rye, and it's a very similar profile to Lucas Herbert last time. That kind of played some really good stuff on the PJ Tour, and maybe that translates to success on the DP World Tour. And I think he was twelfth here last year and second at Galgon Castle the year before. So I suppose. There's decent parallels for him to go well, but um, yeah, I didn't get to anyone on the top of the market in the end. No, I, I agree, Aaron Roy. I think I think uh, I, to be honest, it's a bit short. I'm a massive fan of Aaron Roy anyway. Yeah, uh, and it makes perfect sense. He's got the Scottish form as well. Um, it went for that little spell where he should have won the Irish and Scottish. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very very possible. Um, hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think I think I would yeah, I think put it this way. I, I think I, I, I'm impressed by his price compared to Jordan Smith yeah but equally I don't understand the price of my main man anyway um, yeah well I think it's got similar type form anyway if, if a little bit more inconsistent but yeah I agree Jordan Smith I mean he's not going to win is he he's just you know he's not going to win um, Fox I think is fair at 22 yeah. and I can understand why a lot of people put him up in this way yeah he's absolutely flying at the moment isn't he you know um Loads of top tens, loads of top threes, challenging all over the place. Probably could have won another one or two in the last few months. Um, that makes perfect sense. Peters makes sense. You know, I, I understand again, obviously because of OWGR, why hands the price he is. But yeah, I don't think any of the top three particularly me. make appeal. No. 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 I think Fox was the closest to me. Like I think, I think again, he was another one that you'd feel better about if it was a true links test. And his form at Galvin Castle and here is both miscuts, I think, which is kind of what put me off in the end, which I think he's playing too well for that to happen again. And and I certainly expect him to kind of figure over the weekend, but just about kind of left him out, just because of the strength, like you say, of this person we're going to go into. So I'll let you lead us off with Min Woo Lee and I'll, uh, and I'll add to it. Well, I think when it was Parkland, I thought 
which we know. It, I thought to myself, well, I don't know, I'll wait for Mimu Lee for the um, Scottish and then the Open. Yeah. I, I do think he's a bet at 125, 150 at one for the Open at the moment. And that's that's another thing. Whoever you fancy this week, if they're, you know, if they're in it, and of course they can qualify, but if they're in it, then I'd be, you know, I'd have a little. We say this every year, don't we? Yeah. When you come down to the Irish and Scottish, make sure you have a little bit on. You're going to lose the places, but you could, you know, you could gain 50 points quite easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mimu Lee. I mean, when he won the Scottish Open, which um, was incredibly impressive, he was all on a run of uh, tie 42 in the BMW and 17th in the Irish. He's coming into this. Um, okay, there's a you know he's been playing on the PGA in some proper events, but obviously he's had the 14th in the Masters. They're not bad results, but he's missed cut at the PGA Charles Schwab in the North. Apart from more of 77, everything's around par. Uh, and then he's played really, really well in the US Open last week. That last uh, start. was it cut two, three weeks ago? Yeah. yeah, when he was top 30 over there. His Scottish Open win was quite interesting. He beats uh, Lucas Herbert into fourth, Veerman into eighth, Bland into 15th, Ramsey into 15th. Um, they all appear um, at this course in the top 20, I think. Yep. Something like that at this course this year or last year. Uh, behind there, obviously, was John Rahm, uh, JT, Scotty, etc. Um, go back to 2021, he's got the tied eighth in Portugal, which, uh, again, has to come in and will come in for the next three weeks. <laughs> um, he's got your Crans form yep. when he was tied 21. Um, he hit a appalling 74 in the third round there, uh, which was pretty standout crap. For the top 20 um I, I just like the way he i like the way he played the scottish open it was time for him to, to to step up a little bit he's done that with his uh performance in the two majors if there's any wind we know he loves it obviously australia he's got plenty of australian form um i just thought everything about i mean it may be that next week is the one and he plays too well this week and you lose all your prices next week depending on who comes over yeah um but certainly I would want to be on at 40 or one in the context of, as you say, Jordan Smith at uh, 25 or whatever he is. Um, Thomas Peters at 18. Um, Pablo at 35. Um, and Adrian Moronk, who's a maiden, you know, at, at five points short. I know he's playing well. Um, I thought 40 or one was, was pretty much a given for Mimu Lee. Yeah, I, I, I hope he's inspired by his sister who's obviously, you know, now adept at winning majors over on the LPGA. I thought he was a big price. I thought he was wrong. I, I, if I saw him at 28.30, I think that was about right. Yeah, I mean, to your point about uh, Injury like they do seem to spare each other on. I think they, they do win close to one another. They do try and one-up one another. I think they're a very, you know, competitive family in that respect. And that's a very, maybe a cliche thing to say, but I think it does ring true for the most part. I think he's going to be like... So I want to find out whether he's like Matt Wallace this season or Robert McIntyre. And what I mean by that is that they've both gone and played the PGA Tour, struggled, and then you wonder what they're going to do when they drop into this kind of field. And Matt Wallace was really, really impressive, and Robert McIntyre has struggled a little bit since he came back. And whereas Matt Wallace was coming into the field at kind of like 22s and 18s, and I think there was maybe a little bit bigger than, than Mimbu is this week, um, you know, about him in the end for that first uh, effort. But like... To me, he's just... I don't know, Jason, where you think he's kind of put so much pressure on himself in those regular PGA Tour events. He's got limited starts, trying to get himself a card. Um, possibly that is a factor. Because when he's, when he's come to the majors, I think he's accepted that like he's not expected to be really good. There's not a massive focal point on him. He can just play his game. I think he's got the Aussies to kind of lean on at Augusta. 
probably the same at the US Open. I think once he's sort of relaxed, realised that he's part of a field and not one of the leaders and one of the expected people to go well, that like he just seems to settle down. And you look at his last five starts on the DP World Tour, 35th, 16th, 8th, 2nd, 39th, going back into last year. And like you say, he was 17th last year in this field uh, and he only had one band round. He was 21st at Crans, where I think he was inside the top 10 after uh, 36 holes and then maybe just pushed too hard on the Saturday. Everything just kind of leads to me to think that he's just a big price. And I just I just think there's an element of unknown. Like, if he doesn't play well this week, then he's maybe just not in the form that he was last season. But he could easily just play really well this week, finish inside the top 10 and be 21 next week, couldn't he? Maybe not that yeah, short because of the field that's coming I mean, over. But... Yeah, I mean, it does concern me that it's, it's you know, I'd rather him on a, on a proper links. But like I say, I'm just going back to that, you know, that result. And uh, I just... This, this, it just, I don't know why it played like that, but it did. And if, if I've got any worries about it anyway, he's got that tied to it, Valderrama. Yeah, bizarre, exactly, yeah. Right, yeah. which is like probably the most bizarre result. Yeah. Um, Italian Open, he played well at before in the past as well. English it, I mean, Championship. I th- so I think you're right. I think it is interesting that, um, you know, he's played well at the Scottish Open. Um, he's played well at the important uh, Australian tournaments. Um, he's played well at the Masters. So, it may be a mindset thing, and how yeah. how he plays it. To be honest with you, I've, I've, I don't know. Um, maybe he thinks he's at that level that, yeah, maybe he does try too hard on regular events, thinking he can win and, and relax his mind. Maybe wouldn't have a clue. He seems to be very very happy. Um, that's fine, isn't it? So um, I thought I thought in the context of the of the field and and the sort of top ten, top twenty, that he was he was wrong, but. You know, he, he has a lot of miscuts, so it wouldn't surprise me. No, I mean, it just to me, like, he, I keep, I keep maybe references maybe too much recently, but like, there's that element of unknown that I like that I don't know whether his form is not great and we're, we're going to get a lit down or whether he is just in absolutely prime spot to play well on this level. And, and I'm happy to find it out if, if he was 25 to 1, you've got a decision to make, and probably the decision is you don't go there. But uh, 40 is one and bigger, it, it really doesn't need to be made. A um, couple of others that I kind of thought about here before we go into the second one. I, th- I thought Lane Gask was interesting for once. Um, back-to-back top six finishes, three top eights in the last five, seven top tens this year, seventh for crowns in 2016. Has won in the UK, won the Wales Open, finished third at Scotland in 2019. Hasn't played well in Ireland, he's missed the cup both times, but he's sixth in this field in Tees Green on tour tips over the last 15 weeks. Um, he's been second and third in approach recently as well. So I thought he was interesting enough. I think like, it's a price that actually appeals to me for once. But the next guy, which I, I think you, you might be on board with as well, is Richie Ramsey for me, Jason. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got three in that range, really. I've got yeah. Scriven, Avim and, and Ramsey. Yeah. Um, but go on, you, you do Ramsey. Yeah, so for me, like Ramsey was fourth here last year. He shot 70 or better every round. He's won in crowns, which again maybe I'm putting too much stock in it, but it's only a you know it's only an added bonus to me. Um, he's got four top tens in Irish Opens. That's across you know pure links tests and what we've got here, which I think is is really important to have you know covering both. 26th in the field last week in strokes gain approach when he finished 13th in Germany, and you know we've already spoken about the fact that he was basically just one bad shot away or one unlucky shot or whatever you want to call it. Uh, from winning recently, I think it's the British Masters. So, you know, for me, Ramsey at sixty-six to one. I think the the window is closing for someone like Ramsey to 
to take advantage of his form and I think he knows that I think he feels really kind of resurgent and almost desperate to win one before he can't anymore and uh, yeah I thought the price was decent on Ramsey at 66 to 1 yeah, yeah everything you say um, fourth last year 14th off the tee 22nd approach 16th tee green 11th in patting I think you've got to catch him when he's right because uh, I think you've discussed this before he, hasn't, he doesn't think he's got that much left on the uh, on the tour but this is exactly uh, exactly what he wants I think yeah um, yeah 66, 70, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, um, yeah, can't argue. I, I thought Ramsey was, was eye-catching. It's slightly concerning. Um, but I think when he hits form, you've, you've really got to try and give it a go, haven't you, with him? Yeah. Um, and when he's out of form, just leave him well alone. Um, and yeah, fair enough. I, I'm with you on that 66, 70, I thought was fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think like you say there, I don't think he ever surprises you. I think you know what he's going to do, not in terms of you know when he's going to win, you know when he's going to contend, but you know, if he's missing a couple of cuts, he is in bad shape, and vice versa. If he's showing something to take him to the places he likes. Um, I think. I think. Yeah, on. I mean, he's obviously hitting well. I mean, he's hitting loads and loads of greens. Um, we know his issue. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think you, you have these. I should call him an old stager, but they've been around for years, haven't they? Yeah. So you know, for a couple of years, we've had Jamie Donaldson fight back. We've had Ross Fisher do, you know, a good few months, and and you know maybe it's time for Richie Ramsey. I mean. It, Apart from that, obviously coming out at uh, the Port European Open, it's a nice set of figures. Yeah. Um, and he's really got to take advantage. If he wants to do something at a big tournament, it is like he did at Belfry or here. Um, because, you know, he's, he's not going to compete with the big guys, um, you know, when it comes to it. So these are his chances of winning a big tournament for him, I think, or, or going close. That eight places is very, very fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I like that. Um... So you were going to talk about Scribner and Veerman. Now, Scribner... They're not the same person. They're not the same. They're, they're, they're not a duo either. They are different people, uh, probably probably not known to each other. Um, just before you go into Jason Scribner, one of the things I've kind of noticed, there could be a little bit of link to Dubai, like you said earlier, and Scribner's obviously got two top sevens there, and, and Herbert's already won there in the past. That was his one previous win before winning here, so... He was definitely sort of someone that was in the line of thinking and, and Veerman's obviously playing well as well. So I'll let you kind of give your reasons on them. Yeah, I've got something about as well. <laughs> but I've got no idea why. Um, it must be something to do with BMW. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like, anybody that catches the eye that's coming, uh, the Irish, the Scottish and potentially the Open, anybody that's coming into form works for me. Um, that third at the, at the Scandinavian... Um, Obviously, repeated his form from last year. Um, I think he was ninth last year in that. Um, and he seems to repeat peak form in an awful lot of places. Hong Kong Open, I obviously spent years over there. Yeah. But he repeats at Hong Kong Open. Scandinavia, I think he was third and sixth. Um, I like his uh, Rocco 40, uh, Rocco 40 form as well. Yeah. Uh, that links into um, quite a few, but Alvira Kiros um, also plays uh, very, very well in uh, somewhere that I can't read. So you can make that up as you go along. Um, I can't remember where it is. God, this is terrible. Uh, he plays well in Dubai. Sorry, yep. obviously. He's one in Dubai. So that all links together. Um, it's, it's all based on this not playing like a pure Parkland course, of course. But I'm pretty sure we've, we're bang on here. Um, I like the fact that he was in form. Um, and you, you're a big fan of Scrivener. You've put him up a few times yeah. at a big price. Um, it's sort of in effect it's similar form apart from the, the win in Scotland 
to to Minwoo Lee, I think. It's that type of that type of look that we're looking for. And I, I think the course on last year's form suits. What else do you want? He's just got the right form and he's in form. So that was good enough for me. It, it always caught my eye with Scribner that like, although he hasn't won at this level, that he shot that sixty six on the final day when Rory and Hatton were in contention. Hatton obviously won, but like that was a really big event at the Abu Dhabi. And then you look at kind of like the seventh and the sixth at the Dubai Desert Classic again, you know, really strong fields and he kind of plays his best golf. I, I really like that. He, he kind of shoots really good final rounds. And I know it's probably a little bit easier when he was off the pace like he has been, but still suggests to me that like when, when payday comes around, he seems to be able to vault himself up there and he looks good. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the figures last year, I mean, eight of the top 20, um, uh, were, t- uh, in the top 20 tee to green yep. you had approaches you had a round it was a whole an all-round game and he doesn't see i mean okay like most he has he has days on the playing surface yeah but you know generally he has a consistent game it's not absolutely top class i don't think um at the very highest level but it was you know it was a decent effort back in sweden as i say i, I like that he repeats it at, at the same course so yeah. after a top 10 last year you know yeah he's good enough for me he'll do yeah, no, I liked that. I thought Scribner was interesting. What about Veerman? Just just generally playing good golf and a yeah. decent price? Yeah, playing well. Went, came third last year after a missed cut, missed cut. Yeah. Um, so this year is obviously coming into it in a little bit better form. Um, tenth at uh, the Porsche European, 20th again at that Scandinavian mixed. Yeah. Um, he's another one that, um, yeah, I think that's right. He's just playing nice golf. Um, and, and when I went down the field, um, I was struggling really. I mean, I know people like Molin, you know, Eduardo Molinari are playing well. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't finish it off. You know, Dietrich's just struggling to win. Um, I'd worry about Arnaud, so I think he could he could go well. Yeah, um, I thought he was a decent price actually. But then after after that lot, you know, I'm I'm really struggling. I mean, as as Sky Park Guido. He, he has, yeah. You know, <laughs> then you look down, you look at John Catlin, who's too big. Obviously, won this event before on a different different track. Um, and then I'm struggling. I, mean, I looked at um, Kelly Samoa. Just something about him just makes me think he'll go well this week. Thorby and Ollison um, obviously had that withdrawal. Yeah. Um, but again, he, he looks a bit, at three figures. He looks a bit tempting to be honest. And then I'm struggling. You know, you got Crocker, who's very similar to Veerman and uh, and Scrivener in terms of what they do. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's struggling a bit. And then. It's sort of a bit meh, isn't it? Really, it's like you're 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 clutching at straws. You know that Laporte is a better player than that. You know that JB Hansen is a better player than that. They're not doing it. Sammy Valamaki played well last week, but we've said that before. Yeah. And he went missing. Yannick Paul, I like, but maybe not this grade. Um, and then you know Matt Jordan's a big price of it. You know, if it turns into a links type uh, leaderboard, but he messed up and he was in front. And I just, it's all a bit. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't put Paul wearing up. No, I haven't put Paul Waring up, which is he'll probably finish top five now. Um, and, then, and then look, I mean, look at what Andy Sullivan's done. I mean, God, he's down to two hundred to one. <laughs> Last year, I think he was twenty-five for this. Yeah, well, it's uh, that's Andy Sullivan all over, isn't it? But it's, interesting. Like, I think with it, just going back to Vierman quickly before we move on, like eighth at the Scottish Open twenty twenty-one, eighth at the Portugal Masters in twenty twenty is two things that you're obviously going to like. And yeah, he just he just feels like a really strong candidate, doesn't he? he looks like he's the right price these days. Um, to, to take a chance on, like you know, there's, when he was 22s and 25s and going off like that after his win, like you know, there's a decision to be made. When he's 60 and 70, you just look at him and the fact that he's probably a better player than that and move on. I think when I first I just, comment, 
sorry. There you I go. can certainly see him doing what Crocker did out over at South Africa yeah. and getting there and absolutely, you know, bricking it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter if you're going to get paid in place, does it? So, no. Uh, no, I think there's, I think there's nice that element. But I, I, thought, I thought it looked a, a, a really nice tournament to look at, but I just found it quite difficult to, to pick bets out of it. Yeah, I've, I've made quite a few, um, but they're, they're not with a massive... I thought Rosner was interesting. I thought he's finding some form again. Um, and, and Qatar certainly seems to come into the mind. He's won that one in Dubai. Um, Dubai Desert Classic, he was ninth. It just, I wasn't quite sure what he'd be like um, on this sort of test. But I then sort of looked at Will Besseling, I thought was interesting. He was 17th last year, 13th at Crans when he had a really poor opening round and finished 66, 68, 67. Um, so he was one that I thought was of interest, but I thought the price was probably about right. I don't know, because when you compare like him and Richie Ramsey, probably similar chances to win, I guess, and, and contend. So I, I haven't completely ruled him out yet. But the one that I really kind of pinned thing to, and this was the last one in, interestingly, was Maximilian Kiefer. Like, he's been fifth and eighth in previous Irish Open, so you know... If it does get a little bit more linksy and weather, then he can cope with that. He was 39th on this golf course last year, but he had a bad Saturday that kind of cost him a, a decent finish. But top 16 in the field in tee to green last 15 weeks, uh, according to Tour Tips, fifth in approach in that same span, 14th, 6th, and 26th finishes in his last four, uh, four starts. Opened with a 64 to Lee Crans in 2018 and was 13th there in 2013. It just feels like Kiefer's putting together some really good golf. Um, we know he can get streaky. So he doesn't win, but back-to-back kind of seconds is is something that he's done uh, at the Austrian and the Grand Canaria last time. And I think he done sort of similar when he had that massive long playoff loss to Raphael Jacqueline back in like, 2013, which feels like yesterday. But yeah, so I thought Keeper was really interesting. He's kind of in the 125 to one range. And like you say, Crocker was there. Schneider keeps playing well. I don't know whether I can go there again, but it feels like he's doing decent. Lucas Nemet. You know, someone that you've put up a couple of times or spoken about a couple of times, he's makes interesting claims. But then the last one, I kind of really stuck. Van Drill was had back-to-back top tens on tour and 17th here last year. But the one that really caught my eye was Dan Heising, and he was 14th at Galgorm in 2020. And when you look at the crossover, it's actually probably better than maybe we expected. I know we sort of referenced it wouldn't be too different, but. Herbert was 7th at Galgorm and then won here. Rye was 2nd there and finished 12th here. Bland was 4th here and finished 14th at Galgorm. Karlberg 2nd, 14th at Galgorm. Like, it just seemed like it was a decent enough um, you know, crossover. And, and Heising was 14th at Galgorm. And he's won the Irish Challenge and the Northern Ireland Open on the Challenge Tour. So, in general, he plays that Northern Ireland Open really well. And I know they're not all you know made equal, but it just feels like to me that he had that first top 10 finish of his of his DP World Tour career um, was it the Porsche European Open that he did it at? It was three yeah, European Open um, and he was second after day one last year, uh, last week and third going into the, the weekend, it just feels like he's he, a decent price. He keeps doing silly things. He does. He keeps he keeps being up there and then just, well a bit like Pigala last night really. Yeah. He seems to do something absolutely stupid to put a 7 or 8 on his card. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very strange. Someone um, that you probably followed back in the, the Challenge Tour days. He's been around a little while, hasn't he? He has been around. Yeah, he has been around. He won the uh, Mixed Tour, didn't he? Um, 100 years ago, I think. Yeah, sounds mistaken. about right. Uh, um, what does he win? 
He's won the Irish Challenger Superior Cup, the Northern Ireland Challenger, his three wins. I'm sure he did something. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'm <laughs> wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, he's, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you say, he is what he is. I, I don't like the fact that he um, um, keeps doing these silly things, but you learn from him, don't you? And he is on a, as you say, he's on a cracking run. Yeah. Um, so fair enough. Yeah. What did you make of um, Kazuki Higa? Oh, it was really impressive, time. wasn't it? Like, I mean, kind of faltered obviously over the weekend, but he did it in different ways. It was mainly his short game that kind of powered him, but he actually led the field and approaches on the on the Saturday when he shot sixty four. So that was really impressive to see, and it kind of shows that it was worth taking a chance on him last week. Whether he backs that again is is another thing to come. But it's a really good time to to put some results together, you know, with the Scottish Open and the Open coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was very impressive. But again, like you say, it's, uh, it's come to one of them why now. He's the same price as someone like John Catlin, who isn't setting the world alight, but isn't doing anything particularly, and yet he's a three-time winner yeah. um, at this level. So um, it's just interesting the way, the way you know, they come and go. And, you know, Nick, nobody wants Nikolai Hobart now. No, I Three months, two months since, I, he, since he absolutely gagged yeah, up. I didn't even uh, realise he was in the field until... Right at the end, because I didn't expect to see him at 80s one, but he is playing that way. Oh yeah, he's playing like a dog. Yeah, hmm. um, but it's just it's just fascinating to see how you know how it completely changes. I mean, yeah, he's just gone, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it's just Lord knows what's happened there. Um, but anyway, you know, like and as I say, you know, people like JB Hansen and stuff, but they're miles better than 125 to one in this field. But it's whether you press the button, whether you can take a chance on it. I thought your mate Daniel Gavins yeah. um, might go well round here again. If someone um, else putts for him, maybe. Hey. If someone else putts for him, maybe. Well, somebody else putts, and there's there's you know there's people around, isn't there? There's, you know, um, it does depend how it plays, but uh, yeah, good tournament to watch. Uh, like you say, Ryan Fox is probably the best, I think, of the top lot. If you want to play twenty-two to one, um, yeah, it's what it is, mate. It's good. I, I can't. I'm struggling. I'm struggling to see to see a way into it, really, apart from half a dozen of them. Yeah, I, th- I think when you have that kind of, like in terms of Mimu Lee and, and Ramsey and, and that area of people that you've got there, it feels like you don't need to go too far down. You feel like you might be scratching around. I mean, I had that couple of, you know, with Kiefer and Dan Ising, I was, I was happy with those outsiders. But otherwise, like it's just names. Like You see names down there, you don't expect them to be. Like Rafa Cabrera-Bello had that kind of resurgence winning the Open Deer Spaniard and second Abu Dhabi and then he's just falling off a cliff and you think well he tends to play well in these kind of sort of tests like he's been second in Irish Open before and he's obviously won in Scotland so you never know what he's going to do Soderberg obviously only win come at Crans so there's there's thing there's people and it's just really hard to kind of pin your hopes on anyone I think that is the, the kind of overall consensus on that um, yeah, played, he played well last time he, he could be coming back he he goes on runs when he hits form. Yep. Sorry, not last time. Uh, back at the European. Yep. Um, I don't know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. Did you? I thought you might put Niall Kearney up. No. Starting to show some life again, isn't he? Oh yeah. Well, finally, Van Van what's his face? Van Von Dollinghausen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People got paid out of that if you actually stuck with him a year after you bothered starting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, whatever. Yeah. That's it's it. Tough, That's isn't what it? I've got to say about it. There, uh, whatever. Yeah, sounds about right. That's kind of how I feel about uh, a couple of events. And, and that leads us nicely into the John Deere Classic, I think, in terms of uh, whatever. But, um... Folks, 
sweaty sack summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the King of Crotch Comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing and the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com and that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. Daniel Berger pulling out of this event made a, a week event already weaker. So we now have Webb Simpson at 12 to 1, Adam Hadwin at 18 to 1, Sahith Thagalo, who's playing back a couple of times already, 25 to 1. Denny McCarthy 28 to 1 and Brendan Todd, Patrick Rogers. Uh, there's 35 to 1, basically everyone else in the field. Um, anyone at the top of the market that you could pin your hopes to? Uh, not for me. Um, understand why, you know, as soon as Webb so shows some sort of form, yeah. um, why he's going to be this price. But, you know, we go on about Phoenix. This isn't Phoenix. Um, so, but possibly back in that. Um, Adam Hadwin's playing well, isn't he? Um, his wife's good fun to follow on Twitter. Hmm. Uh, David Swire doesn't play. So, uh, do you know what? It'd be interesting to see how Figala comes on because I really do think he's uh, he's, he's quite special. He's looked, he's looked very, very impressive. And, and whilst he's quite assertive in his approach, he's, he still looks so he's very, very confident. Yeah. Uh, might be a naivety there that... Um, you know that, that needs controlling, but that's there's nothing wrong with that. But it's yeah, that's um, I think that's the thing though, isn't it? It's like you don't want to take too much away from him because then you start getting into your head. Like the, the naivety almost lets him play his best stuff at times, but also yeah. is what pulls him back. But I think I think for Thigala, like really can like because I don't think this is a great golf course for him by any by any means. But I think when you're as talented as he is and you're projected to be the player that that he is, like contending and just back-to-back performances and in a field like this really is the sort of thing that he needs to target, I think, to, to really take a leap. Yeah, absolutely. The, the only thing I'll say is there is, there is correlation between um, uh, River Highlands and this. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, you've got Jordan, Bryson, uh, there's a couple of others, Berger, I think, the one of both. Yeah. Uh, so there is correlation. So coming off of that indecent form, you know, maybe. Um I don't know. I mean, what I did look at was, I thought was interesting. Every winner was um, very highly rated in proximity to hole. So rather than greens in regulation, you need to put your, you need to have your iron spot on, get very close. I mean, Glover was ninth, Ritelli twenty second, Kim was first, Bryson thirteenth, Ryan Moore second, Jordan sixteenth, and Harmon second. And then from that, their putts per greens in regulation. Unbelievably, Glover was tenth, even though we've seen him with you know a thousand putts. <laughs> Um, and then you've got um, 
for example, Michael Kim uh, led the proximity, I think led the putts per greens in regulation this year and led the scrambling, so he was going to be impossible to beat. Yeah. Um, there's loads of it. I mean, putts per green in regulation, virtually everybody in the last 12 years has been in the top 10, apart from Fritelli and uh, Brian Harmon. So uh, I really thought it was down to... Um, it is going to be tee green, obviously, ball striking and all that. But it really is down to having your irons, but having your irons properly. Greens and regs probably doesn't matter. Yeah. It's how close you're going to be. I had a look at that and really struggled. I went ball striking, proximity, and fatting average. And they couldn't find and, anybody that actually fits the bill. Well, the problem is, the, the thing is, if you're 85th in proximity for the year, you're probably about 20th yeah. in this field. Yeah. Um, and there were a few. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, for me, are we starting? Sorry, <laughs> are we starting? I <laughs> mean, my, my main bet. I agree with you on the other bet. Uh, my main bet is uh, JT Poston. Yeah, or Poston. After last week, I, I thought I thought he was very impressive. We all know what he can do. Um, watched him what eighteen months ago. Absolutely, put the lights out everywhere, and I thought he looked fantastic on the greens over the weekend. Um, absolutely confident, had no problem dying them in. Um, Really impressive. Uh, his Twitter feed says that, you know, he credits his caddy, um, Aaron Flenner, I think. Um, you know, really, really excited where his game is. He says, I'm not surprised after being second. I'd be very excited about my game as well. I'd like to have heard it before he was second. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no. um, look, top 10 at the Wells Fargo, third at the Heritage. Um, I really like him. He was 10th in pattern average, 20th ball striking, uh, fourth in proximity last week. Um, his strokes gained approach last week he, he actually ranked quite highly but he was ranked 105th apparently on day so I'm not sure how accurate that is but he went first 105th 7th so he's clearly in a good place um, he's got a form at the right places uh, Figala could have won at Phoenix as we know Xander could have won at Phoenix so you've already pulled that up um, about how good last week was so his form is absolutely spot on there if last week has any uh, correlation with this week, which we think it does, then that all works. He's back in form. He's patting fantastically. He's going to be very close to the hold as he was over the weekend last week. Um, I'm I'm very happy with JT Post as the main bet here. Yeah, I, th- I thought for me the only, the only reason I didn't go with Poston because like you, I I was really impressed with what he did. Obviously, he shot the 62 to bloody half my first round leader on Rory, which yeah. was just great. Um, which he died that putt in right at the end, which was lovely. Then he shoots a 64 on on the Sunday. Um, like you say, he just has that terrible one bad round of his irons, apparently, on, on round two. But otherwise, first, seventh and seventh, gains over eight strokes on approach, only tra- trailing Luke List, who gained over ten. The only surprise to me was that he hasn't played well here before. And I, I didn't know whether there was, because he's done it four times, whether there was anything he doesn't like about the golf course. But... I think the fact that he's seen it four times and he's playing well and his irons are hot, that he can probably just overcome that and, and the fact that it should suit him will lead to a improved performance, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've seen it, I think, is is sometimes what we say is the important yeah. thing. And he has got 68, he has got 67s around here. Um, I, I like the positivity, I thought. I mean, it's obvious, coming off the second last week. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, he is a winner on tour. Um, he has got you know, multiple top tens on tour. He doesn't come off a disappointment like somebody like Figala does. No. Um, you know, he, he's over the moon that he, you know, he finished the way he did. And, and for me, that means that, you know, that 
you know, twice the price of somebody like like Vigara. I certainly don't want to be on Brendan Todd at that sort of price. We don't <laughs> think, yeah. Um, I just thought he was the wrong price. No, I, I agree. I wrote down Brendan Todd and then I put a big line through him on the notes section of my computer saying this price is absolutely absurd and, and took him out. And, you know, I, I think Brendan Todd was even worse than JT Post in terms of course. I think he'd missed his first six cuts here and then finish 18th. And that's what made me think, OK, well, if, if he can do that, then Poston can probably take advantage of his decent, you know, current form and, and change his fortunes here. So uh, a long way of saying that I kind of uh, agree with, with what you're saying about JT Poston. So my favourite was Scott Stallings. He was kind of 40, 45 to 1. He's now down to 33 to 1, still fine. Um, he's fourth in the field over the last 15 weeks in straights gain approach, gone to tour tips. He was third last week. Um, just behind Luke Lewis and JT Poston. Uh, he was second last time um, that he made the weekend and 12th before that. So, you know, he's, he's generally just, his irons have been absolutely fantastic. He was 12th in Tees Green last week. He was 22nd on this golf course on debut. Then he missed three cuts, which is weird for Scott Stallings. And then he finished 16th, 5th, missed cut, 18th and 55th. Um he was second going into the final round in 2017 when he finished fifth. And I just I just think he looks ready to win again on tour. Like he's hitting his irons really well. His ball striking has been pretty consistent. And one of the things I did, you, you obviously listed off a, a, a ton of corollary stuff there, but Colonial seems to come up a decent amount. Like Stricker's uh, won at both. Zach Johnson's won at both. Spee's won at both. Kenny Perry's won at both. Uh, Sean O'Hare's won here and finished second at Colonial. Bryson's won here and finished third at Colonial. Um, Brian Harmon's one here, seventh at Colonial. Glover, eighth at Colonial, one here last year. And then just in general, like Texas form, like I think is just important. Like Speed, Zach Johnson, Stricker, Bryson, Ryan Moore, um, as runner up at Byron Nelson, third at Blair. And Michael Kim, limited success on tour, but 12th and 27th place finishes at Houston. Adam Shank's got two top six finishes here, and his other sort of standout performances are seventh at the Valero. Ben Martin, second here, tenth for Colonial. Sam Ryder, second and eighteenth here, fifth in Houston. So, I just thought Texas kind of stood out, and Stallings has got three top four finishes in Texas, including two at Colonial. So, really, really positive what he's been doing. Round of the day last Sunday with a sixty-three, and he shot um, the same on Friday as well. Um, we might have shot 64, might have written that down wrong. Um, but it was just the, the kind of Thursday 64 that really kind of put sword to his chances uh, of really climbing that league. So I thought Scott Stallings was really just playing some really solid golf of late. Um, I, I, okay, I'm amazed that he's that price, but... I am, but it's just, chance. he's, he's one of those ones, I think, that like, I'm going to bite the bullet, like 64 and a 63 last week. Like, to me, just really stands out. Four foot colonial when it, uh, you know, a stronger field, 16th at Valero, 16th at, uh, 13th at Valero, 16th at Valspar. Like, he's playing really well in stronger fields. Uh, and then when you look at the kind of weaker fields, 6th at the Fortinet, 5th at the Bermuda, 8th last week in a strong field of Travellers. Like, to me, it just feels like he's now going to come to a dropping class on a golf course that he's played well at in the past. Obviously had a chance to win in 2017. It just feels like Scott Stallings is, is ready to win again. And I don't, you know, I don't love the price, but I think sometimes you have to just put a bit of tape over the name, just look at the stats and everything that bears out, and Scott Stallings seems to be the pick of the bunch for me. Ches Reevy was another one. Just seems to be coming back into form now. Um, finished 27th or better in four of his last five starts. Uh, he's been a 36-hole leader here in the past. He's got a fifth-place finish at Colonial, which I like. Um, three top 18 finishes here, including 12 months ago. So 
Ches Reeve playing a little bit better golf, probably of some of the better class in this field. Um, you know, that you don't get to say that very often about Ches Reeve, but I think it applies here. So I was quite happy with Reeve. Yeah. I agree. He was first in proximity last week, uh, 8th in patting average, 14th in ball striking. He's top 30 in proximity for the year, which I think is really important this week. Um, I absolutely agree. He's in, he's in cracking form. Take the miss cut away. He's got um, 13th, 15th, 27th, 8th. As you say, it's like the right side of courses. Um, it'll hit fairway, 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 fairway. It's all about whether his irons are, are, are doing a job. Um, but the fact is, if he was first in proximity last week on those greens, he could be first in proximity this week. Yeah. And it would just be, a, if, looking, if Lucas Glover can win, you know, then, uh, you know, anybody can. And especially um, when you think, like, if, if you are going to put any stock into that Travellers from last, that's obviously where he won his second event. He's won both of yeah. his events at 17 under, so you know he can go low, which he needs to here. Um, won both of his events by, like, three and four strokes, so he can sort of stretch the lead when he gets it. Has been 0-2 in playoffs, but there to Webb Simpson and Gary Woodland, so wouldn't necessarily hold that against him. And, you know, he's, he's a two-time winner on the web, two-time winner on the PGA, like... Of this class of field, I think he's probably one of the better players. Yeah. Uh, then I'll come to Adam Schenk, which I really don't know what to do. Like, He's just one of those ones that just stands out in terms of two top six finishes here. Seventh at the Valero, and he's top 20 in approach and T-screen last eight weeks, and he's 14th in current form the last eight weeks and second on course form. Now, the second in course form has to have a little bit of an asterisk next to it because it's obviously a, a short sample size, but, you know, missed cut on debut and then a sixth and a fourth and playing good golf of late. It just, again, it's another one that, how do you back Adam Schenk at 51 when he's normally kind of 201, but, you know, 24 for the US Open, 26 for the Memorial, 9th for the Wells Fargo, 7th for the Corrales. 7th for the Corrales is probably nearest to the kind of field strength that, that he's going to get here. And it's whether you believe he can win, right? And I, I, I don't know that he... He can. I think I was on him at the Shriners when he shot that final round 70. And unfortunately, there might have been Wolf I was on that week, actually. And obviously, Sung Jay just come through with a 62. But he wasn't great on that final day. Um, but yeah, I just thought there was enough in it. I, I think I probably will go there. Just because there's such a limited amount of people that I am actually interested in. So I've got Stallings, Reeve and Schenk to kind of lead me off. And John Hur as well is someone that... Seems to be having a bit of a revival. Like when he won Mike over in 2012, someone some would say he's probably likely to win again at some point. Hasn't done so, but ninth in the field over the last 15 weeks in straight scan approach, 14th tee to green. Uh, he finished seventh here in 2018. He loves Texas. He's got a second and a fifth and eleventh at Valero, 12th at Colonial, eighth at the Byron Nelson. He's got third place finishes at the Heritage and Wyndham, which I think are decent, um, you know, comps to this and. He's got like three straight top 25 finishes, which for John Hur at this stage of his career, after the struggles he's had, were really impressive. So 12th Colonial, 25th Canadian Open, 13th last week. That's five top 25 finishes this season, uh, or six top 25 finishes this season. So um, just really, really impressed what he's done. 15th for Mike Over, 12th RSM, 9th Honda, and then obviously the last three weeks as well. So looks like John Hur, Jace, is coming back to something. It's just, again, another guy yep. that you expect 200 to one when he's 66 to one. Used to wear the question mark, didn't he? He's been, yeah. <laughs> probably. You probably did. Um, yeah, yeah. Not fast either way, but um, he does. He's in the top 20 of ball strikers in this field, which may not be that hard. Yeah. He's tied 92 in proximity for the year, which is probably about second year. Um, and he's tied 40th. Oh, sorry, no, he's not. Um, 
Yeah, he is. He's tied 40th in patting average. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if he can make a case, you can make a case for him. No ways. Any, anyone else short of the 100 to 1 for you that sort of stood out? Uh, yeah, um, I, th- I thought Spencer was worth looking at. Yeah. Uh, I think Alex Smalley's worth looking at. Uh, definitely, he ranks third in this field in ball striking. Uh, tie 43 proximity for the year. Um, and Mexico and Canada, who's 8th to green, 8th and 6th to green, 11th and 12th in approaches, 1st and 9th around. Um, obviously, he hasn't quite um, shown his form from college days. Um, he better get a move on because we've got people like um, Igala and now um, Michael Thorbjornsson doing their job. Yeah. Uh, unless, obviously, they get £2 million to play next <laughs> week. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, you know, I thought this is again, this is another chance for him to do something in what is, you know, a field of, you know, plotters really at the end of the day. Yep. But no, my next one is treble figures, which is Nate Lashley. Nice. Oh, I've put up a few times uh, this year. Obviously, he's won the Rocket Mortgage. He's got tied third in Phoenix, which if we think is okay, is okay. Um, last week, he was uh, top 13 strokes gained approach for three of his four rounds, which will work perfectly well this week. He's tied 61st for the season in proximity. That's for the full tour. And tied 29th in pattern average. Um, I've put him up a few times. He can't compete on the uh, long call. You know, the long hitters are going to suit. Um, you know, he was 26 last year. Three rounds in the 60s. One of 71. It's, it's just because when he plays well, he does play well. Yeah. You know, it's not just... Uh, oh, mind you, the Puerto Rico Open isn't, as, you know, obviously isn't the tournament it was three years ago. And it was crap. So you've got top 10 there, um, 15th at Corrales. You can see it yourself, top 20, you like Texas. Yep. Um, so he's 18th at Texas, 11th at Mexico, same sort of conditions. 17th at Byron, and last week 25th at um, Travelers All Rounds, 69 or less. Um, I, I, Yeah, I can't work that out, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't go that big, but then um, that's why I'm not trying to around the Rolls Royce, I suppose. <laughs> No, but he's, he's generally speaking, you know, decent player. He's, he's at um, Houston Open. He's finished 18th in the past. Like you say, earlier, 17th for Byron Nelson. So all those kind of things leading nicely to me. Like you say, Phoenix is something that which it can be. It just feels like this type of level of field, like he's won the Rocket Mortgage. Like it, it just feels like he can do it. And if he's playing well, which he is, then so. too big. It's just too big. That's it. Yeah. David you know, Lipsky was another that was on your radar as well, wasn't he? Oh, sorry. David Lipsky. Yeah, Lipsky, I thought he caught the eye a couple of weeks ago. And again, similar sort of thing. His top 10 ball striking proximity is uh, 57th in a full field, which is pretty good. Yeah. And tie 79 pattern. He caught the eye a couple of times this year. Um, and he's a winner, isn't he? Mm. Um, he caught the eye, Lanto Griffin. Um, is he playing Lanto Griffin? He is, yeah. Yeah, Lanto caught the eye. Uh, Hayden Buckley's got, um, you know, got that little bit of form that's that's worth looking at uh, every so often. He does it, and obviously he got the top 15 years open. Um, his third at halfway when he there uh, before he caught a cold. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, I've, I've got a list of 20 possibles. They had to fit two of the three criteria. Um, some of them don't some of them do. <laughs> um, yeah, John Hart. I think, you, I think you might have a fair point there. I mean, I'd probably look at him more towards. Well, all of those are looked towards top 10, top 20. Yeah. You know, a, a smallly worries me because I think at some point he's going to do something. Um, but in the end, now I've just stuck with three in each because, you know, we've got bigger fish to fry coming up, haven't we? We have. We have indeed. I'm just going to quickly wrap through a, a few triple-digit ones that caught the eye. So, 
I'm willing to give Matt Wallace a chance. Like, I think he had those, he dropped, we mentioned this earlier in the Irish Open, like he dropped down and finished fifth at the Dutch Open, 18th at the European Open. And after really struggling on the PJ Tour earlier this season, like basically missing every every cut except for Mexico, like he's then finished 35th in Canada and 46th for the Traveller, which, which, you know, in isolation are, are not massive, but they're a, a huge improvement of what he was doing. Um, so he's third in the field here in strokes going approach over the last eight weeks on Tortich, which of course is skewed a little bit by the, the DP World Tour form, but he was 28th at the Travellers last week in that department, department 12th in T's Green in the same span, and his major, like outside of the majors, his kind of best finish uh, on the PJ Tour was at third at the Valero, so he's kind of got that Texas link. I just thought it kind of, it would suit him this test, like I think getting a PJ Tour, you know, start in a field of, you know, because he seems to play some of the, you know, the bigger events, and maybe he isn't quite, you know, the big player in, uh, what's the He's a small fish in a big pond, if you like, when he's on the PJ Tour. And when he goes back to the European Tour, he's the complete opposite. And I just feel, again, like he's he's maybe not one of the better players in this field, but certainly better than 100 to 18 places. So I thought uh, Matt Wallace was worth chancing. Scott Brown is, is... I don't know what to do with Scott Brown. I mean, he was tied 10th last week in Maine on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, he, he had uh, tied 25th a couple of starts before that as well. Played here nine times. He's made seven cuts, and every single time he's finished tied 25th or better when he's made the weekend. Uh, fourth last year was his best effort, and he adds to the seventh on debut and fifth in 2014. He was 16, 25th, and 12th between 2016 and 2018, so he's just constantly been good here. Um, definitely a place is Scott Brown, um, but we just know where he plays well. And he's been within two of the lead after 54 holes 15 times in his career. And two of those have come here and three have come in Puerto Rico. So you know where he's going to play well, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and there's, there is one more we should mention, which I think is a bit gone, you'll probably say now. <laughs> well, my, it, it, this will not be the one you thought I was going to say. Uh, Andrew Landry, for me, I just I just think that he's been missing loads of cuts recently. If he's getting a little bit closer, it feels not the same as Danny Willett at the... Um, Dunhill links where I thought there was some signs that he was coming up but he's got third and eighth place finishes here he was a 54 hole leader in 2019 he's won at the Valero he's second at the uh, he's got a win and a second at the Amex which I think you know the scoring nature of those events works pretty well um, Safeway Open pops up and he's played well there just the sort of type that can basically flash at any point 250 to 18 places in a really crap field uh, there's not many events that Andrew Landry is. 100% made cut record and he's four for four for made cuts here so if he is trending back to, to making cuts I think once he gets in the mix he could uh, could put his foot down over the weekend I don't, I don't know if he's been unfit this year because he's, he's missed a couple of events and when he does play he misses a cut but um, I like Andrew Landry coming into this event in isolation so who is your guy that you think we should mention? Massive hit Chris Cotter up yeah we mentioned last week yeah and um is is again doing a very similar thing to, you know, people like uh, Igala and, and you know even when they came out first, Matt Wolf, Colin Mokawa, yep. uh, Victor Hovland, all that. Like he's doing very very similar things. He's shown immense amounts of promise. Um, won the Haskins Award, which um, is awarded to I think well certainly one of the top. I don't know how it works, but you know there's all these awards, isn't there? The Palmer and the Haskins and everything. Um, the Haskins Award, you know, been given to. Tiger, Phil, JT, people like that. So Heath Eagler, um, Matt Wolf, Norman Jong, who finally won. He did. Week. I'd be interested to see how he goes on because he was 
he's the forgotten star of uh, that sort of Walker Cup year. Um, Maverick Manili's won it. Rogers has won it. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Michael Kim's won it, who won this event um, whenever it was, 10 years ago, whenever it was. Hmm. JT, Pat Cantley, Kevin Chappell. So it's, it's, it's you know, this is proper, proper stuff. Um, caught the eye, we mentioned it, when he was seventh at the Porto Rico last yep. year. Uh, was it last year? Was it this year? Was it blimey? This year. It was ages ago. Yeah. That was March. Yeah. Uh, caught the eye when he'd done that. Um, he'd won in Puerto Rico anyway as a college star, I think. Um, and it's, he's just, you know, when you think that, that he's had, like, whatever, a handful of starts as a, as, well, three starts professional, I think, something like that. Yeah. He's got 43rd at the US Open, um, tied 35 at Travelers. Um, he's he's going to be anything, isn't he? I've no idea what he's going to be. But he's at, you know, he can absolutely um, smash the ball. Um, whether he, whether that is as important this week or not, um, I don't know. But he's certainly got always him. helps. There's no ceiling to him. We don't, we've no idea what he is. Um, I imagine he's going to be pretty similar to Figala. Um and so at some point he's going to be in the top ten, and you're going to miss all the 151 because he'll be in this field to be 60s. Yeah. Um, so he's he's definitely worth mentioning. I want to put him in somehow. I'm just not sure how. Yeah, I, th- I felt for me, like, the only reason I didn't was because, you know, he's 400 to one last week, and I feel like maybe I'm just chasing him. But there's a reason he's over less than half the price this week because the field's crap, and he showed something again last week. So that Haskins yeah. award is the, the most outstanding college player. And like you say, your list goes down. Chris Gottrup last year, or this year, sorry, John Pack last year, who's the only one, basically, of this list of players now that, you know, got Sahitha Gala, Wolf, Jong, Braden Thornberry, Bo Hosland, McNeely, Rogers, Kim, Thomas, Cantley, Henley. Like, just really, I think Matt Hill won it the year that Chris Williams uh, was in contention, who I interviewed on the podcast. So, but there's just really, really strong players from there. Most of them generally tend to go on and have decent careers. So, it's either strike while the iron's hot and hope that he pays you off this week or wait until a stronger event and he's 400 to one again and you know you yeah. take a chance but he, either way you're going to do the wrong thing so it's you, you maybe just keep backing him I, I don't know quite the, yeah, the worth, path to success he was definitely worth mentioning wasn't he he's was yeah. the sort of person that will turn up at like, I don't know US Open or PGA next year at, at like three, four hundred to one yeah and fourth or something and then that'll be it yeah no I agree with that um Callum Tarrant was someone I thought would you know he's keeps showing up on leaderboards there's nothing really statistically behind it there's nothing he's ball striking it a little bit better but it's just not consistent so I couldn't get there uh Braddon Hagee I thought was was of interest there was a lot of interest in Max McGreevy when he came on the PGA Tour he's now 500 to 1 so in this field that's that particularly stood out to me but otherwise I just I thought you were just naming names afterwards I think you just you could back 20 here like like you said before and you know, you, you might land on one. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of the week. I think it's it's really hard to nail down a real strong favourite. I think for me, Scott Stallings really did stand out, albeit the price is, is not wonderful. But I, I do believe he can win. I do think he's a guy that when he gets in contention, he'll do it. So um, I liked that. And I, and I really like the John Hur uh, selection, even if the price is a bit grim. So overall, I think it's just one of those events you've got to sort of plug your nose, take the prices and, and just move on and, Wait for a better week next week. Yeah, we go Scottish, and we go to uh, then we go to the big one. Yeah, so the Scottish Open next week is a co-sanctioned event. So I think is it if we got seventy from the PGA and seventy from the DP World, or does something along those lines? And no live players, I should mention. No live players. Um, 
we'll talk about that for two minutes. So that sanction was basically just a repeat of the sanctions they've already got because they weren't ever going to be able to play those events anyway because they were PGA Tour sanctioned events and they were already banned from those. So as much as it looked like Keith Pelly was making a bit of a stand, he probably wasn't. Uh, the 100k fine they've got was probably paid by Liv anyway, and if not, they'd get that for finishing last anyway. Um, so it didn't feel like the massive deterrent that it probably should have been. Uh, so I still think that maybe the DP World Tour are playing their hand and maybe going to let these stars come on and, and play in the weeks where they're not allowed to play the PGA Tour. Possibly. Who knows? Still to be revealed, isn't it? But uh, either way, Keith Pelly's bright blue glasses sometimes really put me off whenever I see an article of him in it. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, um, any other order of business, Jace, before we, we round up and sort of reel off our picks? No, no, all good. Cool. So over at the Irish Open, I've got Minwoo Lee at 40 to 1, uh, Richie Ramsey at 66 to 1, Max Kiefer, I think, is about 125 to 1, then Housing, 250 to 1, and then I'm still not sure what to do about Langas, Besseling, and Van Drew. I think in some way or another, I'd, I'd kind of like to get them in, but. The main four for me kind of uh, took pride in place. But Jason, your picks for the Irish Open? Yeah, I can see why you want to be on Ryan Fox, anybody. Can't really argue with it, but yep. left him out. Uh, Minwoo Lee, main bet, 40. Uh, Scrivener, 55, I think he is. Uh, Beerman, 60. And Ramsey, 66-ish, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah. Yep, cool. And then over at the uh, John Deere, I'm not going to apologise for going for uh, the Scascon approach. I've kind of got seven picks here. Uh, Scott Stallings 33 to one, Ches Reeve and Adam Schenk at 50 to one, John Hur at 66 to one, Matt Wallace at 100 to one, Scott Brown at 200 to one, and Andrew Landry at 250 to one. Uh, I won't be making a habit of making that many selections, but I just couldn't really nail them down, and and I was quite happy with all their prices to take on a couple of extras. So um, your John Deere classic picks. Oh, sorry. Um... I think we were on posting last time we won, and we're going to be on posting this time when he wins as well. Nice. Um, Ches Reevy and uh, Nate Lashley with nods to Alex Morley, um, Hayden Buckley, and Chris Cotterup, who can be shoved in somewhere, somehow. Somewhere, somehow. Um, I think we don't. <laughs> we always try and aim for an hour when these are the, these are the uh, events that uh, let's not say we don't care about, but they're they're harder to get as enthused for. Uh, I thought the Irish Open was, was particularly in, intriguing, but the John Deere was certainly a bit of a slog. Uh, so we've got about 15 minutes over that, Jace. But uh, any other order of business before we go on to the Scottish and the Open over the next couple of weeks? Uh, not that I can think of, Tom. Excellent. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up there, uh, give the listeners a chance to, to dive into those picks, and uh, we look forward to next week. Mm-hmm.